Kia this program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. Tēnā tātou katoa and welcome to Inside Out's radio show, Speak Out. You're listening to 106.1 FM. I'm Lily. And today I'm here with... Kate. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty awesome team today on the radio. Um, so today we've got a lot of things to talk about. But yeah, course, yeah, we do. The main thing we're going to talk about is the Shift Hui. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Shift Hui, we just ran with Inside Out. Um, it's a pretty, pretty amazing time. So it was a camp um, mainly led for youth, uh, queer youth around New Zealand. And it's not just locally, so not just Wellington. Mm. Um, we had people come from Christchurch. Yeah, from Auckland. Gisborne and Vicargill. Wow. Um, well, so many from Wellington. Um, yeah. All over, definitely. Hawke's pretty, Bay. Yeah, pretty pretty amazing um, bunch of youth that we had this year. Um, and of course, in that capacity, we were both there, actually. Yeah. Um, I was there as a kitchen to IC, so running around the kitchen, um, making me doing the dishes, uh, you know, those, those good old uh, pastimes that we all love so much. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what were you doing there? I was there as a youth and as kind of as a volunteer as well, because I'm 18 and I'm just kind of in that awkward right. gap. So I got to be there as a youth and do stuff with the other young people. And then I also got to kind of help out a little bit behind the scenes and before the hui as well. Awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. And yeah, right. Even before the hui, right, we had so much interest in it. And I think because we have a Facebook page for it mm-hmm. as well. And there are a lot of the youth were getting so excited yeah. weeks before the hui was there. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah which are pretty, pretty amazing to see. Um, and obviously it just proves how, how su- successful the space. Mm. That shift who he was. Um, yeah, because I know that is. I know that this year we only had about fifty or sixty youth. Mm. Because in the pa- um, in the past we've had it at a different marae that was unavailable this year, so we did have to cut the numbers down, which I think a lot of youth found quite upsetting that they mm. could not go. And I mean, understandably so. But I think we had a really really good group with us, and um, yeah. I think they all really grew over the few days. And like I know I did, I did. it was a really humbling and amazing experience to be there and yeah Yeah, awesome yeah totally i totally agree even though obviously being in the kitchen wasn't able to always be there at at the gym talks or at the different seminars or speaker speaker events there um you could definitely just see just the youth coming up the line for dinner you know and and feeling really comfortable and joking around and talking freely about you know gender and sexuality and being being able to feeling comfortable enough to talk about Mm. those kinds of things was was pretty amazing um and of course, yeah, like you said, we only had around 56 youth, but um, in total, and counting all the volunteers that came during the week, um, we had over 100 people, which was pretty amazing. But obviously, in terms of uh, facilitating places to stay, <laughs> wasn't exactly um, the best. So do you want to talk about how it was staying in the Whanau? Yeah, the so I slept in the Whanau, which is a big marae meeting space where, you know, you sleep when you're on a marae. And... I've never been, I've never slept on a marae before, so it was mm. a totally new experience for me. And I mean, at night, I mean, these are like 15, 16 year olds, so there was a bit of noise. <laughs> it was a definitely, uh, I felt a bit old as I put in my uh, earplugs right. and just kind of like put the blanket over my head and just like hoped that like they would be quiet. <laughs> I felt yeah. very old. Yeah, um, it's it's hilarious, right? Um, mm. Even even after a full day of you know seminars and workshops, they they definitely did still have enough energy to talk all night. I remember hearing some of the youth coming back and being like, "Oh yeah, you know, I didn't get to sleep until four. And it's like, well, 
Yeah. Interesting. Um, but no, yeah, totally. Um, in terms of fitting all the jigsaw mattresses in there, it was very cramped. But obviously, um, even the, the space where the volunteers were sleeping was pretty cramped mm. as well, right? Um, I was, I was one of those volunteers in there. Um, but overall, I reckon it was it was definitely a, a wonderful stay I, with the earplugs as well. Obviously, <laughs> I used those and I had a brilliant night's sleep. You know, I completely zonked out. Um, but also, that might just come down to the fact that I'm a very heavy sleeper. Um, but of course, going talking back to more of the hui um, in terms of the the welcoming ceremony, the, mm. the pohiri, the pohiri. So it was the the komatua that led that. And, yeah, yeah. That was an amazing the, experience. Um, I mean, yeah. especially for me as a Pakeha person, and I'm not generally exposed to such cultural elements um and specifically New Zealand ones as well it was just kind of it was so interesting and they were just so loving and welcoming and they were so kind to all of us and I think everyone kind of got something out of it like and they just kind of got because we were there for you know we were there to talk about gender and sexuality but we also learned about so much kopapa of the marae and stuff about just manners and like just the stuff in a spiritual space and we you know said prayers before we ate and that kind of and it was just it was nice and like you found yourself wanting to really respect these rules because they're there for a reason and they're really important and they mean stuff Mm, exactly yeah yeah and it's it's pretty yeah pretty amazing learning about that tikanga there and i think it really tied in with the overall idea of shift we right about Mm. fanangatanga about you know belonging and being kind of a family and really looking after each other. Um, another thing that was great about the marae was, of course, their, yeah, their respect of, of our own tekanga, of our own, mm. you know, belief systems and the, and the way that we use the, you know, the, the bathrooms were gender neutral, which I feel like was really, really important for the youth and volunteers alike. And it, and it really, um, show just how how normal it is and, and can be mm. and every day you know because um i feel like especially in the media today um they kick a big fuss about them but really it it didn't you know there were yeah. no problems with it if anything it was it was probably better because people were always you know that there was any messes i feel like people were kind of more open to talk about it when really it was it was fine yeah yeah i mean with you mentioning the gender neutral bathrooms it just made me think about like how so many young people were using like gender neutral pronouns like rather than he or she they were using like they them like to refer to themselves and having other people use that and i like i really really enjoyed that because it was just really deconstructing the such gendered language we have in Mm. our society and world and totally totally. and i think it's really important and amazing to see these young people doing Mm. it because they are on the forefront of this big gender revolution and getting to be a part of that and like hear their stories is so amazing and so important exactly especially since you know they're going to be the ones you know going forward in the future and hopefully you know paving paving the way for the rest of us um actually going going with one of those was um one of the one of the highlights of shift Tui was actually the the gem talks and the reason why i bring them up is because one that particularly stood out for me um was you know the the talking about gender gender neutral pronouns um yeah so gender gender non-conformative pronouns um so um obviously you know in this day and age we always you know refer to a crowd as you know ladies and gentlemen um which of course is is so outdated um and it's it's not kind of you know, uh, you know, discriminating against people who identify as female or male. Mm-hmm. It's more about trying to use pronouns that include everyone. So, um, one of the ones that in the gym talks uh, was brought up was using y'all <laughs> instead of you know, ladies and gentlemen, and even like um, uh, gender nonconformative pronouns like koto, which in Maori means all of you, mm-hmm. so more than three people, and that is you know 
gender neutral, can be used for female and male or anyone in between. And, you know, it's simple things like that can re- that can really make people feel more comfortable and like they belong, which mm. isn't a difficult thing to do. We can change it in our everyday speech and that kind of thing. And it's it, it really helps us to take that big step forward. Um, and of course, talking about Shiftoi, um, and in terms of those highlights, there were some pretty amazing, amazing events. But of course, there were also some some last minute panic, panic attack <laughs> moments. Um, one of them, of course, was the jigsaw puzzle in the Farinoi. Another one was um, with the gem talks. Is that originally um, they they actually thought that maybe they wouldn't have enough people to fill the slot, mm. and we ended up having heaps on the first the first round, and actually enough to fill the second round too. And um, I'll do it because you were there for those. And yeah, the gym talks are really cool. So they were like TED talks, um, right? Okay. Basically, but like we had our young people presenting, or we had our volunteers presenting, and they got to like stand up and share their own stories. And it's such an empowering thing, and it's really really cool to hear what these young people are talking about. And like some of them were about mental health, or about stereotypes, or just about like self love and like respect and mm-hmm. self care. And it's really cool how much these young people have to teach us like I'm not much yeah. older than them but I felt I learned so much from them and that was really special and cool totally yeah so that's as I think maybe that's to do with like the tour katana mm. kind of thing that had they had going at Shiftui so um tour katana is kind of the relationship between an older sibling and a young, younger sibling and of course um you know in, in terms of Shiftui it's it's not blood relatives or anything like that it's more of the idea that the the older ones look after the younger and the younger ones also support the the elder ones the volunteers who are there in leadership roles and so it's it's kind of like a just a big circle of of looking after each other and supporting each other and really really being there to to make the most out of shift hui um and it's like you said not only do the youth get something out of it through through our leadership and our guidance we actually learn things from them as well yeah um which i think is is really amazing um and and of course just totally adds to the whole idea of shift hui being all inclusive and you know about Fano, Fanangatanga, that kind of thing. Um, but of course, you know, um, we do have some songs today as well. We don't want to keep talking on without having a bit of a break. So um, a song you found was I Know a Place by Muna? Yeah, I found this the other day on Twitter. Um, someone had tweeted about it, and it was a song that was written in regards to the Orlando shootings in Florida last year at the Pulse nightclub, um, which was a gay club. And I just think it was just a really nice song and it's kind of like a song about finding a safe haven and that it's okay. And I think as we are coming up to June, it'll be the one year anniversary of that massacre. And I think as a community, and I know for myself in particular, it's quite important to reflect on that and what all that means for us. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. So let's go and have a listen to that. And you're listening on Access Radio 106.1 FM. And I knew Cause I can recall when I was the 
That song is such a good one. I reckon it's um it's quite chill in its tempo, but it's still it's still definitely a, a bopper. You could um, you know <laughs> dance around. The I mean, to that. we might have been dancing in the studio, but I mean, no one needs to know about that. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. I think people would embrace it definitely. Um, so of course, I uh, welcome back to Access Radio one hundred six point one FM. Um, listening to Inside Out, Speak Out, tenth of May. Yeah. So um, in terms of the shift to we as well, we had other highlights. Um including talks about Takatapui and um, Fafafine. Now talking about um, Takatapui as kind of the, the Māori idea about um, gender and sexuality. Mm. Um, so it's quite fluid, really. Um, so it's a, it's a term that kind of all-encompasses um, various different sexualities and various different genders. Um, and we actually had someone come in to shift Hui to talk to us about mm-hmm. that, which was pretty pretty amazing, right? Yeah, the amazing, amazing Elizabeth Kitty Kitty from Te Whana Whana Trust. Wow. Um, and she's currently running for Greens this year. So oh. if, if you're in Gisborne... Um... <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. She's a pretty pretty amazing woman. And, of course, um, gave, gave a fantastic um, presentation on Takatapui and also just um, Māori tikanga about, um, in terms of sexuality, and also just a bit of history about it as well, which I found really interesting. Um, and the fact that um, I'd, already, I'd always kind of knew that Māori had been a bit more kind of accepting in terms of different sexualities um, and just the, the kind of the idea of colonisation and kind of bringing different aspects of religion and culture that kind of changed Māori perspectives mm. on that, which I found very, very interesting. Um, yeah, so that that was a definite highlight for, for me and, and other people throughout Shift Hui. And then as well with Fafafine, so we had... Um, yeah, we had PJ, who is... Uh, she's on the Inside Out Board of Trustees. Oh, wow. She's one of our advisors currently, and Ooh. she came and talked about herself as Fafafine and what it's like where she's from and what it's like being in New Zealand and that kind of different cultural divide and understanding of Fafafine identities mm. and how kind of, like, she feels they kind of fit under the queer identity and they kind of are separate from that because mm. it's also a cultural identity. Definitely, yeah. That was really interesting. I, I wish we could have heard more from her. Yeah. We only had half an hour, but everyone was so enlightened by what she had to say. And lots of questions as well, because obviously I wasn't there to see it myself. Mm. But of course, um, with, with Shift Hui and, and um, the opportunity to be able to record it, we are able to stream it live, right? Yes, so. yeah. Yeah, so all the... Um, all the panels, all the sessions, um, the gym talks, the with 
people from with PJ, with Elizabeth Kitty Kitty, are all on our Facebook page, which is just Inside Out. Um, if you just go to videos, you'll be able to find the streams, and they have a bit of a description of what they are. And yeah, yeah it was pretty pretty amazing. And um, obviously, for people like me who weren't able to be there to see them in person, I was able to go back and go over them and and listen to listen to the presentations and also hear the questions. Um, now, with uh, also with um, the identity of being Fafafine, is that actually in in Samoa um, in Samoan schools. Um, they're actually very accepting of the idea of being fafafine and you know wearing whatever gender affirming clothes they would like to wear, um, and also um, you know anything to do with uh, kind of social interactions um, and kind of the stereotypes between you know male and female I- identities, that kind of thing. Um, it's a bit more fluid over there in terms of accepting it, which I thought was pretty amazing because here in New mm. Zealand, you know, that's still a milestone that we still have to to get to. Yeah, it was interesting hearing PJ talk about, like, how the idea of homophobia is such a con... from con... What's the word I'm looking for? Chronolo- no. Colonized. Colonized. Ha-ha. Colonized. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> <We> Colonization. <laughs> um, good old white people bringing in all their homophobia and transphobia into the Pacific. Yeah. Um, and Which that was quite. Yeah, it's it's, it, it's well because as a white person, it really pisses me off. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. that sucks. Like, why do you guys have to do this and destroy this way of life that mm. was so accepted and normal yeah. and yeah i think it's it's very interesting to that we think of you know westernized culture is very developed and and then you know kind of in terms of ideologies in the western world we aren't actually at that point yet whereas like indigenous cultures samoa maori that kind of thing um you know they've they've had these ideologies that genderality is genderality gender, <laughs> uh, mixing my words um gender and sexuality are fluid and that that's okay and completely acceptable mm-hmm. um so yeah, those were those were two very very interesting presentations that mm. I thought everyone definitely benefited from. Um, another one was the clothes swap. Yeah, that was cool, right? Um, we had a clothes swap. So basically, before the hui, all the young people and volunteers and such were told that if they had any clothes that they wanted to get rid of, they could bring them, and then we put them on this big table at the back, and then anyone who wanted something could just take it. And so this was really good for especially like our young trans people who could get gender affirming clothing, mm. and just like seeing kids like trying stuff on and like putting on a dress for the first time, or like we also did makeup later in the day with Adrian, who's also a board member and because he does drag and he showed kids how to put on makeup and like seeing them wear these new clothes and put makeup on and like just the joy was just so moving and just to like see these kids in the space that they get to be themselves and they can and they can experiment with that and see what feels good and what doesn't feel good and so that table was really cool that people got access to that yeah it was it was pretty pretty awesome I remember somebody saying you know how um you know the first time that they put on a dress and they just felt uh, they they broke down. Mm. They broke down because they completely felt like for the first time, you know, they could they could actually be themselves, and they felt like they were actually at home in their bodies. Mm. And it's um it's definitely an an important issue um dysphoria experiencing that. Well, yeah, I mean, I got to see this one kid get um their first chest binder. Um, at Hui and we were like all in the bathroom with them and they were like putting it on and they came out and they looked in the mirror and saw that how flat their chest was and they just started crying and that was su- it felt like such a spiritual experience because it was like we are breaking down this gender binary one yeah. day at a time one, like even now I'm tearing up talking about it because it was just Moving. so emotional and like yeah. the fact that that kid got to be there was so life changing and I think saved that kid's life because the stuff they talk I'm like 
we are doing life-changing work and this work is so important and to be exactly. a part of it as a volunteer and as a young person is really moving and something I know I think we both want to keep working on. Oh yeah, definitely, because I, I definitely before Shift Away I didn't actually have a lot of you know um, involvement or, or knowledge about gender and sexuality and then going to going to Hui definitely helped open my eyes about that and see that um, for other people they might not realise how how important it is um, to feel comfortable in your own body because mm-hmm. yes, there's belonging community, but if you don't belong, you feel like you don't belong in your own body. You know, it's a, it's definitely yeah. a, a pressing issue, and which is why it's it's so important to get youth and and anyone really that kind of support to to be able to find ways to feel more at home with mm-hmm. themselves. Um, which is one of the, one of the reasons why Shiftui was such an amazing experience for so many people. Yeah, and I mean um, to sum up that Hui experience, um, Cole Myers, who was on some of the panel and he visited, he wrote the transgender storyline. He helped advise on that for Shortland Street. Um, he's wow. an artist and an activist, Ooh. and he lives in Auckland. And he taught me how to write. And he's a very oh. very lovely human. Fantastic. And um, he actually wrote this poem after shift and recorded it and shared it with all of us. And I think we were all very, very moved by it. It was a very beautiful gift that mm. we've gotten. And so we'd like to share it with you as well. Yeah. And I think the title of it was just last week I went to gay camp. Yeah. Cool. Enjoy. Last week I went to gay camp. The good kind. The kind run by a mermaid-haired queen. Indigo magic inside and out where queer and gender diverse teens came from across the country to a safe and sacred space, where the honoring of Takatapui was etched into the Farenui's painted forest beams, and where I found the first place I think I felt completely seen. Last week I went to gay camp, the good kind, where elders shared their struggles and their strength and hope and pride where I spoke about trans representation and the activism of self-care, where I taught performance and silliness and spontaneity and people terrified at the beginning felt like it was finally something that they could be part of, where I taught writing and vulnerability and non-judgment and someone told me that they'd made more progress on their self-worth in the past 45 minutes than in three years of therapy. Last week I went to gay camp, the good kind, where there was singing and circus and gender-affirming makeup and poetry and dancing and politics and film and art and books and laughter and love and happy tears and where every single person there gave a fucking shit. Last week I went to gay camp, the good kind, where HIV-positive and intersex people and fafafine were valued and shared knowledge and weren't just tick boxes or punchlines too close to violence. Where disability and mental health was visible and celebrated and spoons were a language and not just extra cutlery to wash. Where when people cried, the question was, I'm here for you, how can I help? Not, what the fuck is wrong with you? And where no matter what painful confession, there was always an I love you and me too. Last week I went to gay camp, the good kind, where desperation was replaced with joy on the faces of transmasculine people given their first binder. 
where trans girls gossiped giddily about how many cute people they had made out with, and it was sweet and empowering, not shameful or abusive. Last week I went to gay camp the good kind, and there was hair braiding, and mascara beards, and staying up late with vegan s'mores, where the talent show went on for three hours because there was so much talent, where love confessions were composed with ukuleles and lip-sync serenades, where when a poet broke down reading their piece about their suicide attempt, they instantly had hugs on every available limb, and an audience of solidarity's bravery where everyone wrote special notes taken home in envelopes to keep us warm when we can no longer see how luminous we are. Last week, I went to gay camp, the right kind, where the last day's sharing circle broke my heart and kissed it better fuller with, I feel like I can make a difference, and this is the first time I've had friends, and here I can finally be me, and... I don't feel safe at home, and I love you guys so much, and I no longer want to die. Last week I went to gay camp. The best kind. And I'm excited for the time when it's just called the world. Wow. <sighs> My gosh. I yeah. It still gets me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's every, every single time. Wow, just what what an amazing thank you so much, Cole, for sharing that with us. Wow, mm. it was um, it really is. It definitely summed up Shift Hui, um, I think really brilliantly and capturing you know the the definitely the the sand the sad undertones um, mm. of you know of course being part of that minority group that is discriminated, but of course over top of that is that 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 overriding sense of belonging mm. and support, which um, definitely was. An, an amazing part of it. Um, now to, to of course sum up because we, yeah. we're probably going to be cut off at any minute. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, yeah. So if, for anyone who's still able uh, to listen right now, um, yeah, uh, thank you, thank you so much for listening to to us. Do we did we actually in introduce ourselves at all? Not quite yeah, sure Lily and Kate. Yeah, okay, we're good. Here. Okay, thank goodness. <laughs> but yeah, so um, you've been listening to Speak Out, um, Inside Out's radio show mm. on one hundred six point one FM Access Radio, um, and that's it from us. That's it for us. Thanks for listening, guys. Check yeah. us out online. Kepaito po. That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks, New Zealand On Air, for funding the Access Internet Radio Project.